0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit FoundationChurchFL.com. I want to talk about the asset, the asset of the fear of God. The asset of the fear of God. People think fearing God, they think of it as a negative, I want to tell you this morning, it has absolutely nothing to do with negative because most people think of the fear of God as a negative because their theology is not the Bible. You're like, Tom, you say this sort of thing all the time. Yes, you preach to the culture for most Christians. Their theology is not the Bible. Their theology is something that they've heard not something that they've read your theology needs to be what you've read in the Bible or what you've heard from the Bible. That must be your theology. For most people, they do not look at the fear of God as an asset, or they look at the fear of God as sort of a gelding sort of reverence. It is neither one of those things. It is not negative, nor is it weak. It is an asset. The reason why 99.9% of churches locked down in March of 2020, April of 2020, and many are locked down to this day, even voluntarily to show the world their love is because they do not understand the asset of the fear of God. Fearing God is an asset. That is why most churches right now are not outside of the river church outside of Archer Pulaski, outside of Tony Spell in Louisiana, outside of Jonathan Shuttlesworth, the evangelist, hardly anybody is preaching about the mark of the beast because they do not have the fear of the Lord on the inside of them. Their theology is not the word of God. I'm not saying that the mark of the beast will even be installed in your lifetime. But if you don't want it to be, you might want to preach about it. That he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. That no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. When you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel in the continent of Australia, in Canada, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, where well, we're supposed to be reaching a God, right? We're supposed to be reaching those, we're supposed to be witnesses for him. In all of the land of Israel, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. You can't enter a theater without your mark of the beast slash vaccine passport. You ought to be preaching about that. But since there's no fear of the Lord and everybody's operating under a false love, pharisaic narrative, instead of the fear of God, nobody's preaching the word when the word is needed the most. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. I'll translate it into Tom Lipley language. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. You're a dum-dum if you don't fear God. Listen, if you're not afraid of going to hell, you're a dum-dum. Even if you're saved, because it's He who endures unto the end will be saved. And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. You should fear. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him. Did you hear what I just said? But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Like, this is a real ominous message. No, it's not. The reason why you think that it's an ominous message is because you probably sat under the false love uh, Pharisaic law for way too long. This shouldn't do anything but stir your soul to worship God, not cower in a corner. This This is why most Christians don't worship either. They'd walk in here, boy, there's a bunch of weird people in here with their hands raised, shouting to the Lord. It's because they actually don't fear God, but they'll claim that they reference him. I'll get deep into that in a minute. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So fearing God is the beginning of intelligence. The knowledge of God, which includes fearing him, is understanding life. It starts with that very verse, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's where life begins. Yes, that's rudimentary Christianity, but many Christians need to ask themselves, do I even live in the rudimentary level of Christianity? Have I ever embraced it? It brings to mind Hebrews chapter 5, 12 through 14. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So we need to ask ourselves, do I actually operate... In the fear of God. Do I, do I have that rudimentary fear? Now you're like, well, Tom, I've been raised my whole life and they've told me that that fear means reverence. In 95% of the Bible, the word fear means reverence all the way to awful. And it's supposed to have that full range in every setting. The fear of the Lord right there in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 means awful. To reverent or reverent to awful fear. The entire gamut. See how quiet it is in here? Here's the concept for today. We must fear God and we must operate in the fear of God. If you don't fear God yourself, you cannot operate in the fear of God. Because you don't carry that anointing. You cannot give that which you do not have. You're supposed to love your neighbor how? So if you don't love yourself, see, I have no problem loving myself. I'm a big fan. (laughs) You're like, well, that's prideful and arrogant. That's why you don't love people as much as I do. You don't have it to give. If you loathe yourself, is my mic being funky? It sounds funky to me. All right. If you don't love yourself, then you don't have it to give. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. God will not be fooled. If you don't love yourself, you are unable. You do not carry the anointing of love. If you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. Or you're loving your neighbor to the level that you love yourself. So if you have self-esteem issues, that's what you give your neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor? No, thank you. If you're depressed, that's what you give your neighbor. If you have self-loathing, well, you know, that's just, you don't have the right to loathe yourself when you're a new creation in Christ. That's blasphemous and it's heresy. Well, you know, I struggle with self-esteem issues. Well, stop and start reading the Bible. You know how I dig myself out of the holes that I find myself in? Memorize Bible verses. That's what you do. You make the word become you. And you become the word. A lot of Christians, they don't have the fear of God to delve out because... you See, when you walk into a room, things should change. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Jesus is gone. You carry the Holy Spirit. We're always praying, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. When you walked into the room, the Holy Spirit is here. When you walk into a room, things should change. But if you don't fear God, then the fear of God does not come with you. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you, if you sow nominalism and a dull blade, that's what you will reap. Quiet in here today. I'm going to need to preach a long time. I don't know what happened to you this week. It's nine o'clock is usually quieter, but you are dead to the wall. This is, this is a Presbyterian church right now. I'm going to try to preach this out of being a Presbyterian church. Some of you paid way too close of attention to politics this week. Yep. Do <laughs> you know what I do? You're like, Tom, you know all the stuff that's going on. In the poly- Yeah, you know what I do, though? Is I bathe in the word of God every day. For hours. I take vast, long breaks from looking at what's going on in the world. Because none of it matters in comparison to the power of God anyway. None of it will stand in the midst of the power of God. You cannot give that which you do not have. Again, people don't want it though, because their theology is not the Bible. I don't want the fear of God. No, I want the love of God. All right, well, let's look into that. This is why you have Matthew chapter five, verse 13. Talk about it all the time in this church. You are the salt of the earth. People, did anybody ever look at that? Salt of the earth means what? You're an irritant. It's seasoning too. You're right. No, it's both. Salt is, bo- is good too. It's both. That's what? It's faith and works. It's grace and works. It's always both when it's the Bible. It is, you are the salt. It says it right here, you're totally right. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses flavor, how shall the earth be seasoned? But salt gets into wounds and heals. But it heals through pain. That's you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by Anthony Fauci, the NIH, and the World Health Organization. And by the way, that's exactly what happened. You give me just a little bit more on this, would you? Pressing a little hard, there you go. That's exactly what's happened. If the soul loses flavor, in other words, you stop being an irritant, and am I talking about you being weird? I'm not talking about you being weird. I'm talking about when the doors open, you speak the truth. Sometimes when the doors open and you speak the truth, people fall out in the spirit. Sometimes when the doors open and you speak the truth, they hate you. Either way, whether it's seasoning or irritation, you are the salt of the earth. That is operating in the fear of God. If you don't don't operate in the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, you're not operating in the fear of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6 Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Well, that's mean, Tom. That's Jesus speaking. You know what that means? First of all, it means do not be used. Some of you are being used by your 38-year-old son right now who's never held a job for more than a week. He's living in your home smoking dope in his room at night and you're pretending you don't smell it. What do you do with that guy? You just preach to him. It's very easy. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Even when we were with you this week, we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he... There you go. Done. Get out. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Anthony Fauci tells you to close, so you give him your building. It's not fearing God. That's fearing man. That's reverencing a human being to the place of worship. To obey is better than sacrifice, right? It's even worse than that. It's sacrificing To an abomination. We sacrifice our services. We sacrifice laying hands on each other. We sacrificing all for you. COVID response. Still going on. All over. Aiming, coming in on honing in on 21 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. You know why it is? Because when you're dealing with demonic spirits that are power perverts, that's why none of what they say makes sense to any of us who are not naturally minded, who are not carnally minded. You say, you know, why wear a mask when you're post vaccinated? Well, here's the thing. They're not going to give up an ounce of control. They tell you that you can, once you're vaccinated, get rid of the mask. But the power pervert says, but if I let them give up the mask, then I'm giving up control not on, not on my watch back into the masks again as they gleefully do except when the cameras are off and they're so stupid they don't realize that the cameras are never off and are routinely caught and exposed and if you need to be praying like I am right now that all of the hypocrisy and all of the evil is exposed that even the media even the lamestream media has to report it because it's so grievous. Amen. That's what happened to him in Afghanistan. It was so bad that you incinerate a family of 10, seven, which are children that you have to report it. Even you, even those who are evil had to report an incineration of a family of 10 of volunteer workers. Look at the look at the sequence of these verses. This is in Second Timothy, starting in, ch- in chapter four, starting in verse two. Most of us know this one, and you know the next one too, because I preach it all the time here. But I want, i don't know how many of you know the sequence. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What does "reprove" mean? It means correct. Study to show yourself approved, church. It means correct, reprove, rebuke. What does rebuke mean? Correct with fervency. Reprove, rebuke, exhort means then lift up. So you got correct, correct, hardcore, and then build them back up. That's what we're supposed to do with the word. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the word of God is quick, powerful, powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I skipped over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. That does not sound friendly. See, that's what, Archer Pulaski told me this. Well, actually, I think he said it on the podcast, and maybe he said it to me in person too is that Canadians, the reason why nobody stands in Canada is because they're such a friendly culture. They're friendly to anything and everybody. They're friendly to the devil. They're friendly to sin. They're friendly to the people stealing their freedoms. They're friendly. The Word of God's not friendly. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and even of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you are to preach that Second Timothy four, three and four. So you had preached the word, be instant in season out of season. Here's the next verse. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves together art church pastors with sermon series entitled The Seven Depths of Love at the movies summer playlist. Naked and unafraid. Sand and stars. They're supposed to be preaching the word of God. Not playing secular songs and deriving some sort of spiritual meaning out of them. Out of a star is born. Tell me something good. Who cares? That's the one I saw somebody do. Everybody's out there worshiping. Tell me something good. Are you happy in this modern world? Oh, praise you, Lord. Who cares? Yeah, I used to lead worship. I can carry it too. I led worship here for years. <laughs> Thank God. Not anymore. I'd rather have my back to all the sourpuss faces. It's tough standing up here looking at you guys at nine o'clock in the morning. Some of you, not all of you for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves, teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Listen to this part. Just started studying this verse, but you keep your head in all situations Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is what God has been speaking to me, this verse. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. This is a very unique part of this, part of the Bible. Because it actually tells us all to operate in the gifts of another. Do the work of an evangelist. You should be trying to win souls. Every second of your life should be about winning souls. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Most Christians never discover what their ministry is. Or they make one up. I'm a prayer warrior, not a ministry. The fear of God is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, it's all positive. Let me show you. Proverbs chapter 14, 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Where's the negative? In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Confidence in the fear of the Lord, you have a place of refuge. It starts with the rudimentary fear of going to hell. Nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, we don't want people to come into the church and, you know, we don't want to be preaching, you know, that, you know, to try to scare them in the kingdom of heaven. Why not? Certainly what Jesus did. That's why they don't do miracles either. Listen, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. First Corinthians chapter five, verse six, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? If you reject the fear of the Lord, you're rejecting healing. You're rejecting prosperity. Prosperity. You're supposed to prosper. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's what those prosperity preachers say. Well, so what? If they're wrong, then they'll answer for it. So you cast off a promise of God because of the abuses of others. So again, what you should do at that moment, if you ever base your theology on the failings of a man or a woman, then you should make a carved image of that man or woman and burn incense to it because that is your God. That's your theology. Think about it. Well, you know, I've been hurt by the church. All right, well, take what you need to do is take a, you know, take a screenshot of that church Go home, get yourself a big block of wood and carve an image to it and burn incense. I'm hurt. You're a worshiper of human beings. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The reverencing of man bringeth a snare. Proverbs 29, 25. If you're you're hurt or offended, and especially by me. I want you to go ahead and make an image of me then. I'm hurt. You're 40. You're 50. You're 20. You're 18. Whatever. You know what you are? You got your thumb jammed in your mouth. You're a thumb sucker. If you walk around and you're still, I'm not offended by anything. I'm not, you can, listen, I have all sorts of faults and failings, but I will tell you, I'm not offended. I just get over it. That's why a lot of, a lot of people, they're called to pastor churches or be evangelists. They'll never be it because they're offended their whole life. You think, you, you think you can pastor a church of hundreds or thousands of people and not be able to overcome offense? I have people get up in the middle of my services and leave all the time now. That never happened to me for the first 15 years. <laughs> We're the biggest church we've ever had, but it's more people get up right in the middle. I see them. They're like, oh, I don't want, we don't want any part of this guy. You know, what they run, you know what they're running away from? Bible verses. They're running away from Bible right? I didn't preach anything else but Bible verses. Where's the negative? Strong confidence, a place of refuge, a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Well, it's all about reverence. No, it's not. That's not what's being used here. It's being terrified of God to a holy reverence. The whole gamut. You should be afraid of God. When you start to slip into sin, you should be afraid of God. Well, I was taught by, you know, the Baptist church that you can never lose your salvation. That's, that's heresy. It's absolute heresy made up by John Calvin who burned Armenian Christians at the stake. You shall know them by their fruits. If somebody burns other Christians at the stake, might not want to set your theology on them. Just food for thought. But most of the body of Christ is Calvinist. I get there and they don't bother too much anymore. I used to get their messages on Facebook Messenger. Messenger. Now, uh, Pastor Tom, we, you know, we were with you on the whole COVID thing, but you know, or, you know, the whole losing your salvation. And I just machine gun fire scripture to them and they send me back Well, I was taught. Well, That's great. I don't get taught anything except the word. Go, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceiveth not in him the lips of knowledge. I, when I, when I'm not getting the word, I'm gone. Bible, 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 and then after that, more Bible. And let me just say this. I started with this earlier. The ones who talk about fearing God only in terms of reverence, reverence Him the least. The people who have no fear of God's judgment reverence God the least. And by the way, just as a side note, are the most disrespectful Christians I've ever met. You know, you've got a verse in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Let the let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who work in the word and doctrine. You're saying that, Tom? You're worthy of double double honor? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I don't, I don't sit there and go, double honor me. I don't really even know what that means. But I, I know this, that the most disrespectful people I've ever met inside the body of Christ are the ones who say that, that, that it's not about fearing going to hell. It's just about reverencing God are the most disrespectful to the pastors. Because they they're not following the word of God. They're following their false love, Pharisaic, doctrine that's why they close their church down in pimp and whore vaccines because their doctrine is not the word of god they've got to push out something every human being wants to save other human beings Every human being wants to worship something. If they want to save people, but they're not going to go the word of God, then they'll go the Fauci route. Those who say it's only about reverencing him, reverence him the least. I got a list here. They don't worship him because there's no fear. Well, it's just about reverence. So or are you saved? How can you be saved for 10 years in this be your worship? How do you even stand like that for 40 minutes? How can nothing drive a smile onto your face for 40 minutes as a Christian when you're hearing shout to the Lord and this is you? Or you glom onto your wife and have some sort of drive-through lovemaking session during worship. If I see it, you won't be doing that long. You know what I'm talking about if you've been in Pentecostal churches. The weak one, the one who can't worship, gloms onto the other one, has their hands all over them because they're bored. Well, I reverence God. No, you don't. You use that word as an excuse not to fear him. Here's a good one. Ready? Remember what I told you? If you don't, if you don't fear God, then you don't have any fear in your life. Now, what I'm, not, I'm not talking about the false evidence appearing real fear. That's devil. That's faith in the devil. I'm talking about fearing God. You can't be a good parent unless you fear God because your kids won't fear you. It's fear of the father. If you don't operate in fear of the father, even if you're a single mother, you can operate in the fear of the father. But let's just use the regular family for just a moment. You're going to stink as a parent if you don't fear God. Some of the most friendly people, they're super friendly because they don't think anybody goes to hell, even as an evangelical believer. Oh, now, come on. We're just, you know, you got to use wisdom. Wisdom. See, it's the same common dem- demonic spirit. You know, it, that's a little hardcore, isn't it? And I know we're supposed to bind and loose, but, you know, let's use some wisdom here. Come on. You're saying that every, you're saying, Tom, that some gay man who stormed the beaches of Normandy and died there for your country, he's going to hell. Yep. See, so some of you are afraid to agree with me right there. You're afraid. You know why? Because you're, listen, your God is still the United States of America instead of the Bible, instead of the word of God. It's the truth. Anybody, listen, if there is somebody who stormed the beaches of Normandy, God bless them, I love them. Thank you. But if they were in sin, which the majority of them were, they went and died and went straight to hell from the beach of Normandy. You have to preach that. Back to parenting. You're going to stink as a parent if your kids don't fear you. You're going to stink. See, everyone, look. you should see the faces that I see right now. You already do. I can spot you from a mile away. I love you. If you ask my advice, I'll give it to you. Nobody does. You carry no fear anointing. I preached, I preached going to hell in my family from the moment my kids were able to discern the English language. I've been threatening my kids with hell from day one while all the reverence people don't and none of their kids are saved. They have a casual acquaintance with the evangelical movement, but they don't take it too seriously because mom and dad never took it too seriously. If I caught my kid lying, I tell him. I'd Listen, I would quote them, Revelation 21.8. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. You told them that when they were three? Yep. Word, it's God. Word can't hurt them. That's the best thing for them. A lot of people are reading to them, secondhand CRT. Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil, whether the names are on it or not, it's all the same common demonic spirit of false love and false kindness so that you feel good. Sometimes it felt good to tell them they were going to go to hell if they didn't stop lying. So I got, I got the benefit of both. I got my cake and I ate it too. How big a deal is it parents? How big of a deal is it that you operate in the fear of God with your children? First Timothy chapter three, verses four and five. One who rules his own house well. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. Submission? That's not American. It used to be. People sit here and they go, well, I hate where America is, but yet they don't obey the word of God, which is what America was. Amen. It's such a contradiction. Man, I want America back. When you have to go back to the word of God then? Amen. Submission's part of it. One who rules, oh, this, this is the qualifications of church leaders and deacons and elders. One, Only those, one who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. How much respect would you have had for me? Most of you didn't know me when my kids were little. There's about five or six in here that did. If my kids ran all over me. Which, which by the way, is most, most Ark church pastors anyway. Hey, Tom, why are you always picking on Ark? And for those of you who don't know what Ark is, you ought to know. Because it's part of the end times falling away. Association of related churches. abundantness and hyper grace that. Truth avoidance in the name of love. You ought to know. And a lot of pastors have zero control of their kids and people listen to them. Why? They're disqualified. Tommy, you would disqualify them? Absolutely. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. That's a New Testament verse. And on every level, you can disqualify people. You know, a lot of people would disqualify a pastor, not if he lied, but if he pulled up in a Ferrari. Because their doctrine is anti prosperity. Why is your doctrine anti prosperity? Is that the Bible? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich. Now look at the parallel. For you know the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a big deal, is it not? For by grace you have been saved. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And parallel right to prosperity. That though he was rich. Yet, yet though he was not sin, he became sin. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Is God's will for me to be rich? Yeah. How are you going to feed anybody? It's why this country's $30 trillion in debt. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, by the way. The reason why this country is broke is because the church is broke. The government steps in to, it's not even that the, they're not stepping in for altruistic purposes or benevolent purposes. They're stepping in because they're power perverts. That's a void that the church is left open because the church doesn't believe in prosperity. Well, I don't want to be rich. Well, don't then when you get the money, give it to me. In all seriousness, if you don't want to be rich, then give it away then. Why would you say, I don't want to be rich? You should say, you know what? I want to be rich so I can give it away. And I'm not saying you do have to give it away. If you gave blessings to your kids, do you go, you know what? I'm giving you all this stuff. And by the way, I expect you to have it all given away in 365 days. It's amazing to me that people will blow off the word of God for something they feel on the inside. When you have First John, chapter three, verse 20, "If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things." You know what that means? The word of God trumps your feelings. First Timothy chapter three, verse 12, still speaking of stinking parents. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own house as well. Well, that doesn't apply to us today. Yes, it does. I rule my house. You don't like it? Shove it. You're a male chauvinist pig. You can shove that too sideways. I'm not a male chauvinist pig at all. God told me that I'm the priest of my home. And since I'm going to be held accountable for it, I'm going to rule it. I'm not going to be held accountable for what hope does. Just turn everything over to her. It's my job to be the male lion. You ever, you ever, do you ever watch pride of lions? This is my home. It's pride of lions. The female lions really do all at all. But when the hyenas come, it's my job. My job. Proverbs nineteen eighteen. Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. You just love him so much you kill him. What are you, Lenny? You don't know what I'm even talking about. Of mice and men? Pet the rabbits, pet the rabbits. He loved them so much he killed them. Every furry animal that came into his hands, he killed them all because he loved them so much. It's most, most parents. Love them too much to discipline them. You let them run off at the mouth. Why would you ever let your kid run off at the mouth? You just put up with it year after year after year. And then you side against your spouse with the child. In, as an evangelical believer, do you ever study the Bible? See how quiet I can make a room. you're like, well, I've already blown it. My kids are out of the house. You're still their parent. Now what are you going to do? Your steps are ordered. God has a plan. What are you going to do? Find out the plan. How do you find out? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Proverbs 23, 13, and 14. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he won't die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Oh, that's not what Oprah said. Oprah's a heretic. She's a baby butchering demon. It's perfectly fine with the slaughter of the unborn to sixty million per year. That's who she is. That's who the Democratic Party is. That's who Anthony Fauci is. The lifesavers. Trying to save three or four million people of dying from COVID. All the while, hundred million have been slaughtered in the womb and 300 million have starved to death because of their lockdowns. Absolute fact. You know how many people that is? Half a billion to save three million. That's a, you know, it's, it's a demonic sacrifice. We're going to sacrifice half a billion people to say that we're trying to save for. So what's at stake parents? your ministry and leadership, even to this day, get it right. I don't care if your kids are 47, go to them and look them in the eye and say, you know what? I was a grand freaking screw up. Freaking is not by the way, a substitute for the F word. There's a separate word called freak. Some of you look at me. I was a grand freaking screw up. I'm sorry. I'm available to you now. And you preach the word to them instantly. In season, out of season. Live the word in front of them. It's the greatest preaching that you can possibly do is with your mouth shut and go to church every Sunday. People come to me all the time. Well, I really want to turn my life around. Well, you don't ever come to church. You're inconsistent. Forget it. Forget it. You defy the word every other Sunday. Forsake the assembling of ourselves together is not simply for forsaking it forever. It means on an individual level, on an individual Sunday. Will you on this Sunday forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Well, I don't forsake it. You know, I'm in church a solid twice a month. You're still a forsaker of the assembly. You have an opportunity every Sunday, unless you're out of town or sick, to be here. And those of you who are inconsistent, understand that's what you will reap until you confess it and repent of it. One little yep and one that's right from Jeff. Should be a whole bunch over here, but it was dead silent. You're like, what kind of church did I walk into? This is what you need. I know some, most of you listen, Well, I'm in church every Sunday and Tom's yelling at me. It's not for you, dumb, dumb. That's for the other person. So you're just trying to be offended. You're just trying to be because your juice is offense. That's how you, that's how you stay motivated in life is being offended. The joy of the Lord should be your motivation, not offense. Tom's yelling at me. Well, if you're in church every Sunday, it's obviously not for you. And again, you're 40, 30, 20, whatever you are. We instead, we have a generation of what I call parent provokers. Ephesians chapter six, verse four, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition which is a form of fear of the Lord. Well, thank goodness, that's not mothers. I love the delineation of scripture. It, does, it really is That was for you fathers. Women are like, God, that's not me. Well, we have that, but you get the Proverbs 21 verses. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. Ain't no man verses like that. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Ain't no verses like that. Proverbs 21:19 and 21, 9. Ain't nothing about men in there. We get that one. You know it's true. And all you men that cower in the corner because you're living with a brawling woman. Go and go to the bathroom today and check <laughs> and see if there's still stuff there. <laughs> Hope will hate that I tell this story again, but I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> she was sick herself, very sick, working her tail off cleaning houses at the time. It's only, I don't know, 10 years ago, somewhere in there. She was sick. Norma was sick. I was fine. And I was sitting at home while she was working, guilt-free. <laughs> <laughs> you, those of you who just don't know me. Guilt-free. Hope's working. I don't feel like working. I don't work. Nor do I make her work. If I'm out there lopping off pepper trees, six, eight hours a day, and she's in taking a nap, I don't care. She's done her part. Did I eat that day? She did her part. Every day I wait for the phone call from Hope while she's at work. Hey, what do you want to eat? (laughs) Wawa. Taquitos. Whatever. Whatever. So anyway, she was sick, Norma was sick, Nor- and Hope was in a right mood for the ages. Comes in, tired as can be, ranting and raving. Norma, get up out of that bed and come out here and do what I told you to do, whatever it was. And in the middle of it, I went, nope. If you don't believe it was just like this again, you don't know me. I said, nope. I said, Norma, go back to bed. You're sick. That's it. A lot of you guys would never stand up to your wife like that because you're scared. You got clipped and nobody told you. And that's just because Hope's a shrinking violet. Then you don't know her. But because of that, I have my wife's respect. A lot of you guys are in lesbian relationships. (laughs) (laughs) you got female on female crime going on there's just two females in the house well what if she leaves me what if she won't let me touch her oh well I'd rather go without than be a gelding for life my wife never my wife doesn't play those games and neither should you, ladies. Right. see the faces I'm seeing right now. That's my chip in the game, man. That's my chip. Well, that shouldn't be. It's ungodly. You're welcome, men. I'm just as hard on men as I am on women. It's the way it is. It's all the Bible. The people who only look at reverencing God, they don't obey either because there's no fear in them, but they claim reverence. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. If they don't fear God, if you don't fear God, you will not obey God. People don't fear God because they've painted Jesus as Gandhi. Instead of the Lion of Judah. He's not Gandhi. He's not all accommodating. Jesus, This is a quote from Jesus. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. That's what Jesus said. He's not Gandhi. Gandhi said everybody's going to heaven. He's not Gandhi. Stop thinking of Gandhi as an attribute and Jesus as a detriment. Oh, I would never say that out loud. Well, if that's your philosophy, that's how you think. And as he thinks in his heart, so are you. They believe there's no repercussions for sin. There's some of you in this room right now, you don't think there's any repercussions for your sin. There is. They have no, you know, do you know why the church is all closed? Again, it's the same common spirit of blowing off the word of God. The spirit of Saul. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the, the word of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and idolatry is as, and, and stubbornness is as idolatry and iniquity because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from being King girls. If you keep talking down, I'm going to humiliate you more than I already have. Got me. I'm talking to the two of you and I'll kick you right out of the sanctuary too. And don't think, look at me. I will do that. Lean, lean yourself away from your sister and stop talking. You're driving me nuts. To obey is better than a sacrifice of false love. Do you understand that? That is the way that it's supposed to be. Most Christians believe they are eternally secure. The reason why they close their churches is because they leavened the lump by by blowing off the word of God. Just like Saul did. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from being king. So, if you reject them when it comes to provision, if you reject them when it comes to prevention, if you reject them when it comes to protection and healing, you will reject them when it comes to sin. And it doesn't matter which one's the chicken and which one's the egg. Most Christians believe they can never lose their salvation, so they sin. If you don't believe that you're not afraid of going to hell, you're going to sin. It's called, it's called Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no revelation. The people cast off restraint. Jude 3 and 4, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith, which was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. Don't worry. I know that you're living a homosexual lifestyle or that you're looking at porn every night. But you're still going to heaven because thank goodness God perseveres unto the end. That's not the Bible. You have to persevere unto the end. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. The fear is gone. I preach out of this grouping of Scripture often. I don't apologize for the redundancy. Revelation chapter 20, 11-15 And I saw a great white throne and Him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great. You need to read this to your disobedient children. You need to read this to anybody and everybody. This is operating in the fear of God. This isn't how you win souls. How many souls have you won doing it your way? The word of God's quick, powerful, sharp, discerning and dividing and piercing. Read this to them. You should see the looks on the faces that I see right now when I read these verses. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's operating in the fear of God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Most people can't even get in. They don't even know where those verses are. Then you're not operating in the fear of God. This is what pierces people's souls. If you want them saved, this is how you must operate. You don't skip verses. Thank goodness that's not for me. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Thank goodness that's not me because I'm eternally secure. Are you living in unrepentant sin? I didn't say that you struggle with sin. I said, are you living in unrepentant sin? Revelation 3.5 He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Whoops. It's funny how that Bible comes in and contradicts Calvinism all the time. Your name, in order for it to be blotted out, it had to be written in there. They'll tell you, those are for people who are never saved to begin with, which makes absolutely no sense. The great falling away. Well, those are people who are never saved to begin with. And then what are they falling away from? It makes no sense. It's just like, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. 1044. I want you to see something. No, it was supposed to come right up. You dumb thing. Gosh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. With a passion, you stupid piece of garbage. See, I want you to know that it's Bo Fishel. Now, where am I getting this from? Well, let me read it to you. Publishing service of the UK government. This is from the... United Kingdom, Great Britain, this is, their, this is their government. This is their government stats. And you're not going to be able to see them from there. And I didn't have the heart to make Aaron do this right before service because I got here late. But you see those, see those big, tall blue lines? Yeah. Nod at me. You see them? Yeah. The lines that are big are the blue. Those are the vaccinated. The little gray ones are the unvaccinated. So let me read it to you. of COVID hospitalizations in the UK fully vaccinated. 85, now oh, this this is weeks 38 to 41, which is today. 85% of the deaths fully vaccinated in in the last 28 days. In the last 60 days, 82% of the deaths are fully vaccinated. See, it's a common spirit. To make nonsensical arguments and for people to go, oh, okay. Pandemic of the unvaccinated? 82% of the deaths in the UK are fully vaccinated. Look at me around the world. There's a 1,000 people, 2,000, 3,000 that will watch this. It's lies. It's bull-faced lies. It's the same thing. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Well, as a Calvinist, I don't believe that applies to Christians. Then what are they falling away from? Just it's the same nonsensical, devoid of logic, demonic arguments. It is a common spirit. Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. You can fall away. It should drive you. You should be like, you know what? I'm not going to sin because I don't want to fall into that. I don't want to go to hell. There's nothing wrong with any of it. Would you guys get it? Oh, well, you're the best, dude. There you go. Aaron, Will, you guys are the best. There you go. There it is. So I want you to know, look at it. You can see on the top where, the, where it came from. That's from their government. That's the facts. And by the way, it's the exact same thing in Australia where they're locking them down again and forcing everybody to be vaccinated. You're like, make sense of this, Tom. Make sense of this, Tom. I can't. It's lies. There's no way to make sense of lies. The only way to go is hyper-conspiratorial and say, it's purposeful death. Force people, force people, force people into that. 17,000 minimum people dropped dead with no comorbidities from the vaccines. In America, minimum, it's really 67,000, 62,000 minimum. Forcing them into it. Forcing a bunch of power perverts. Everybody at the G20 summit who worked at the G20 summit, whether they were a floor buffer or a waiter or a doctor or anybody else who worked at the G20 summit, Everybody had to produce a vaccine passport except for the globalist elites. I wonder why that is. Maybe because they don't have one. Maybe they don't have a vaccine passport because it's an arduous felony to have a false one now. You go around and pull out a baby piece by bloody piece out of the womb. That's absolutely no problem. But if you have a false vaccine passport, you're a felonious offender. Believe the word of God. Worship team, make your way. Let me figure out a place to end. There's absolutely nothing negative about the fear of God. You can use it with a small child. It's safe. It's not fearing man. Fear of man brings a snare. Every person who says to me, I remember a member of my family, one of my, well, I don't want to say it, I'll identify the person. When we both had small children, his line was, I don't want to do that because it could stir up rebellion in my kids. So you use rebellion, your own personal rebellion by sparing the rod to somehow drive out rebellion. Do you, do you understand what I just said? Look at me. Do you understand what I just said? Is that going apply to anything? So you spare the rod, your kids run all over you because you don't want them to rebel against you when they already are. And you're rebelling against the word of God to try to drive out rebellion. Concession, concession, concession. You cannot comply your way out of any form of tyranny. And rebellion is a form of tyranny. No matter what, you stand in whatever the Bible says message series titled let your yes be yes and your no be no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one thank you so much for joining us we know that when there are this many people in person or watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with christ if that's you and you would like a relationship with jesus that washes away the stain of sin you will need to start by repenting of your sin confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.